Hello and welcome back to another thrilling edition of the Warriors All 82 Podcast crossover with Jason Jones, Kings Beat Writer. Give us your podcast name. That's the throne room breakdown. No, not a toilet throne room, but you know where kings sit on a throne. Exactly. And this is a, another a third positive one for the Kings, kind of. I mean, the games have been so... Ooh, man, the Warriors this season have played a lot of, like, rough games. But I think if you look at the, the matchups they've had and, like, the cumulative, like, you know, them against the Pelicans, them against the Thunder. I think their three matchups with the Kings now, which the Kings are 3-0 and and have been the cumulative, the worst uh, aesthetic or however you want to say it. Just, like, they've, it's been really three really bad basketball games. Yeah, I mean, whether it's a bunch of turnovers tonight, the Kings couldn't make free throws. Somehow this game was like a four-point game late in the second half. I don't know what was going on with them, but, I mean, the Warriors just can't you know, string together four <laughs> quarters of basketball even when the Kings try to give them a game. Yeah, I mean, from the Warriors' side, like I think that the all the moves they made um, around the deadline like really make sense from a long-term view. Obviously, they've flipped Russell into Wiggins, which seems to positionally fit what they need next season more with a small forward. Um, they, you know, they got under the tax, which uh, they say will help them spend a lot more this summer, which is all that really matters for them. October twenty twenty, how they reform their roster this summer, but uh, in doing so. They really, not that they were good, because they were not. They were the worst record in basketball. But when they had Glenn Robinson, Alec Burks, you know, even Spellman a little bit at times, Russell a little bit at times, they just had a fuller NBA rotation that would compete a bit more on a night-to-night basis and could, you know, maybe they could have, you know, almost beat the Kings tonight instead of just clearly have. They just have so many G-leaguers right now. You know, they had a four-man bench tonight, Toscano Anderson, uh, you know, Kai Bowman, Dragon yeah. Bender. It's just, I think their bench went to combine one of 16 in the first half, and the team went to combine four of 28 for three. Like, there's just too many G Leaguers. Yeah, it reminds me of some of those processed Philly teams where you're going through the roster going, okay, who's this guy? Never heard of this guy. Where did this guy come from? Okay, I might have heard of him. He's been on his third or fourth team. He's bouncing around. So, yeah, it's. I, you know, it's 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 definitely <laughs> kind of a interesting thing to watch, just because a lot of these guys, I mean, they're playing for their next jobs too. Because we, obviously, the you know, next season, this roster for the Warriors is going to be a whole lot different. For the Kings, they're figuring we can't lose this game. We're still trying to get in the playoffs somehow. And so, even though like I said, this is just three very weird, odd, hard to watch games, and still somehow the Kings have really not really been challenged in any of them. And the Kings uh, are one win away from sweeping this season series for the first time since 03. And it's actually the last game of the regular season where both teams will likely be packing for vacation. But maybe the Kings how, – how far are the Kings out of the A spot now? They're four games out now. Uh, now they're – you know, just in terms of losses, they're right there with New Orleans. And there's a bunch of teams just right there. And with the injury problems that the Grizzlies are having now. Yeah, Jaron Jackson's out how long? I think two weeks. Now Brandon Clark is out. There's no Dame Lillard right now in Portland. So they're thinking, you know what? If we can the rest of this road trip, we can get at least one more, which would probably be more likely at Memphis on Friday. We're, you no. Know, we could be two or three out by the end of the week. That's a big one, too, because, you know, obviously that's a swing game either way. You lose to Memphis, especially with, you know, that might almost seal the deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
all fighting to see who gets whacked by the Lakers in the first round. Yeah, for me, I don't mind that because if they do that, that means I get two, a few nights back home. I can go see my mom and visit my family and be in L.A. for a couple of days. But for the Kings, that would, be a, that would still be a much bigger step than them being in the lottery. They don't want to get younger. They really have, especially a late lottery pick, they have no use for a guy who could take you know, 10, 11, 12 who probably won't crack the rotation. They need guys that can help them right now. You know, they're you know, probably their best player is Fox. He's 22. The other guy, Bagley, hasn't really played all year. He's 20. They don't want another 19-year-old on the team. They want guys who can help them win right away. So they'd rather get to eight and get beat down <laughs> than, to, than to miss the playoffs and go through this whole thing again. Yeah, such a playoff drought, too. You just kind of want to, like, end that looming over your head get a couple of playoff games in golden one center fill it up fills even if it's half laker fans at least you're getting the money for it you're getting the gate yeah then at least these guys won't have to worry about going into next year and saying will this streak get to 15 yeah you know they're the only team that didn't make the playoffs the last decade and that's amazing when you think about how bad some teams were the last decade that even you know the lakers missed the playoffs six years in a row <laughs> You got the Knicks, the Suns have been off and on. The, all these teams at least all made the playoffs, and they're the one team that's sitting around someone, they haven't made the playoffs since 06. Yeah, no doubt. Um, from a Warriors side of things, uh, I would say the thing I somewhat I – mean, Marquise Chris had another really good game, 21-10 uh, and 10, uh, in only 25 minutes. Like, he's averaging like 15 8 and two blocks in February and the last time we podcasted together was the night that Marquise Chris got cut remember <laughs> right. that in Sacramento yeah. <laughs> and which seemed like a curious decision at the time and that made Chris who was having a good se- season very vulnerable to being you know picked up by any team across the league right and they I probably know we could name eight teams that probably should have picked him up you know he would fill a roster spot a lot better than uh, some guys across the league that are sitting there in those 12, 13, 14th type uh, roster spots. Um, but he's back now. The Warriors have him under contract for next season under team control. And, you know, it's starting to look more and more like he might be the starting center next year, particularly if they don't want to use that first, you know, top pick or, you know, a mid-level on like a center, if they want to use that more on wings and guards, which seem to be more of them out there. Right. Um, well, you know. You could do worse, I think, uh, you know, as a lob threat and rim protecting a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, he's kind of this, I think he fits, and he's doing the things you would have hoped Willie Cauley-Stein would have done. But Willie, uh, now in Dallas. Yeah, and I, you know, we were just down in Dallas with a couple right before the break, and Willie's getting garbage minutes, you know. And <laughs> if he just had it kept his, basically kept his mouth shut and just kind of just took care of business in the sack, he'd have a nice contract right now because the Kings, Vlade really wanted to pay him. That was his first draft pick. He liked him as a person. He really wanted to pay Willie. And then, you know, his agent, right before Freddie, he just burns the bridge. Like, we got to get out of here. And I'm like, oh, Lord, no, Willie, what are you doing? And so, I mean, and I think I, the, and the Kings didn't like Marquise Chris coming out the draft. That's the year they took, I believe it was, they traded down and took Yorgos Papianis. <laughs> and that was just interesting, too, because Marquise liked it. Oh, he, he's from the Sacramento area. His favorite player, he said, was Rudy Gay, who was still on the Kings at the time, and the Kings wanted to know part of him. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, thing I wrote about tonight was Jordan Poole. Uh, again, I'm searching for stuff at this point of the season. Welcome um, to my life for, for more than a decade. <laughs> but I'm quite used to that life of, okay, uh, 
let me find the one player, something to talk about because the games don't matter anymore. Yeah, so Poole, one of seven from three to nine. Again, the, team, the Warriors overall went four of 28. And, you know, they drafted him as thinking, you know, they're getting a shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't shot it. He is the second worst. There's 110 NBA players have taken at least 200 threes this year. He is the 109th percentage-wise. He's shooting 26% from three this season. The only guy worst Julius Randle uh, is right oh. under him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it hasn't got better. Month to month to month, it's like, you know, 25%, 31%, 25%. There's a 12% in there. It's been 25% this month. So, like, he's just really not shooting it. And the, and the Warriors moving forward are going to need him next year, particularly because that will be his main role. He'll have way less ball handling duties than he's doing now. They're just going to need him to spot up and hit threes, which he hasn't done. We will see. But the one thing – he is finishing a lot better. Um, he was in the restricted area. He was like, I think, a combined 18 of 51 in the year 2019. So basically October, November, December. Uh, he was one of 14 on twos in the entire month of December. Like he just, he made one two-point shot the entire time. But lately, he's going there a bit more aggressively. He finished through contact on Alex Lynn tonight. He had like a nice slick move on uh, De'Aaron Fox at one point. He's 15 of 23 in the restricted area this month. Um, and it, like the percentages from two have just gotten way better. And like, again, like you said, searching for small positives on, on just random fringe players who may have a role next year is kind of what I'm doing. But Jordan Poole looks a little bit better than – what we saw in you know again October November December so I guess that's my takeaway tonight you have you have one from the King side I kind of wrote about it just this it seems like this year even though their record is worse than it was last year they're much more focused and prepared to try to make the playoffs than they were a year ago a year ago no one expected much so when they're like at 30 and 26 everyone wants to throw them a parade because wow we're 30 and 26 yeah. and then they proceed to only win nine more games the rest of the season so it just feels like this year with this group, they have a better understanding of, you know, details. And if even if they don't make it this year, I still don't think they will. I just think there's too much to overcome. And how do you overcome Zion playing the way he's playing? And if Dame gets back, you know, he can, he can carry Portland. But what they're doing now seems like it's more sustainable for the long run as opposed to last year. And it was like, okay, if we just can't outscore you, we don't know what to do because we can't run a half-court offense hardly. So I think this, the, the guys are talking about, you know, they have attention to detail this year. There's a sense of urgency now. And maybe when you get your head beat in for a couple of months, <laughs> you learn some lessons and realize that, hey, just because you finished ninth a year ago does not mean you automatically go to eighth or seventh. What happened with uh, Fox tonight? He went to the locker room, looked like he might be done for the night, then he came back out. He had – a dunk that looked like he maybe re-injured like a shoulder a little bit, but he stayed in. Like what was what was kind of up with it? Well, his, his ankles bothered him for you know he had a sprained ankle that he came it was back a from. Bad sprain too. Yeah. Then uh, tonight he it was a, a sore gro- a groin. I guess he, someone bumped him at some point, so that was the groin. And the shoulder is like a, a mild, it's a mild bruise, so he's not going to sit out. He's pretty much said that. As long you know, he feel he feels like he can play, and think what thing Baysmore said tonight was that guy seeing him play like that and play through it, they all kind of feel like, hey, we got to have his back because he's not sitting out on us when he really probably could sit out. So we got to have his back. So I think that's probably one of the next steps for him in terms of his. I mean, I've, I've seen him as far as a leader take a lot of steps this year, 
And that's part of it that, hey, you know what? I'm going to do everything else. You know, what, what I, whatever I demand of you, I'm going to do. And he's doing that now. Uh, the frustrating Andrew Wiggins showed up tonight for the Warriors. The guy that, the guy that Minnesota fans have been screaming will show up because Wiggins had been so good in the first you know, five or so games. Uh, he didn't shoot well in his fifth game, but you know he had like ten rebounds the other night against the Pelicans, five assists, two two blocks of steal, just doing a lot of stuff that he didn't. You know those counting stats beyond points mm-hmm. that he didn't do in Minnesota. Well, finally tonight, the guy that, like I said, Wolves fans will scream to the heavens that exists there right. showed up. Zero rebounds in like thirty something minutes for a six foot eight long athletic wing. Zero rebounds, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. 16 pretty empty points. Mm, that's um, the guy they know in Minnesota. That's the guy they always complained about. Mm-hmm. And I, what I say about him is that there are games where you would watch them play and you didn't know if you know. Like, I never realized he, I mean, you know he played, but I don't remember him doing anything. <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's too talented to have an entire game, especially on a team like this, to where you, don't, you barely remember him playing. Yeah. Um, so beyond that, I don't know. You got anything from this uh, thrilling NorCal uh, rivalry that is just – you know what was crazy? Remember um, – this w- I, would have been last year, I think, yeah, where all four games were like – the Warriors won all four, but they were all like great games yeah. down to the wire. I think one might have went OT. Like the, the environments were so like supercharged and golden one because, you know, Kings fans were like, man, you know, we're close to maybe beating them. I remember they, they set a cumulative record in one of the games in Sacramento for made threes combined. I think yeah. it was like 48 yeah, it was like, made yeah, threes was, yeah, or something. Was, yeah, it was a lot of good games, yeah. And it's just, yeah, that's not been this season's no, it, matchup. No, this has been like three games that I'll, I, will not, I will not chalk up as the most memorable basketball I've ever seen. <laughs> There's not that much memorable basketball to talk about for the Warriors this season. They're just trying to slug through this thing. It's becoming a drag. Um, but Steph Curry is two games away. He's going to play Sunday at home. That should provide a jolt. I'm curious how long that emotional jolt lasts, you know, because regardless of him coming back or not, they're still staring at the worst record in the league. They're still staring at a vacation coming April 15th. And you, from experience, know covering teams like this, like this is around the when you know you're out of the playoffs. At least right now, the Kings mm-hmm. think they can still get in. But from experience covering teams that by this point know there is no chance you're in the playoffs, like this becomes the drag months in the NBA, right? Where you just everyone's thinking about April 15th. Yeah, this is when you start seeing weird stuff. You start seeing guys trying to do things to get their numbers up. Looking at the summer, you you, you see guys who maybe could play not playing sometimes the front office is like don't play this veteran because we could we should probably take this l tonight all of a sudden you start seeing guys get sent home from what means like my experience guys sent home from road trips so they can't get used you start seeing random guys on 10 days (laughs) you know random Uh, yeah you get dragon yeah yeah (laughs) random random g league call-ups just guys you never heard of just because you know they don't want to say the word tanking, so they say it's development. But either way, they're not trying to win games. So, yeah, th- th- some real funky things will happen right now. Well, Lakers are in uh, Chase Center Thursday night, TNT game. Draymond Green should return from injury. Uh, where are the Kings going? Uh, they're headed to Oklahoma City. And then on Thursday and Friday at Memphis, where if things go the way they hope, they'll be at least, no, no, be- no worse than three games out behind them going into uh, hosting the Pistons on Sunday. 
All right, I will talk to you uh, post-game Thursday night, and Jason will talk to you down the road, too. Yeah, same thing Thursday night. Uh, no, yeah, it's Thursday, yeah. <laughs> All right, see you. All right.